cauliflower cheese. Cauliflower cheese. The consonant p will be banned and must always be replaced with the softer sound f. Yes. Anyone speaking to other fifal in a public place will have to stop using the flosive sound. Failure to do so could lead to a fine or even prison. <laughs> the whole population, even members of parliament, will all have to play their part in this. We are confident any problems will be temporary, and measures under near new will help nurn the night of this pandemic. <laughs> We will bring in near three. The rules under Nears one and new will continue. With the addition of the sound k being banned to be replaced by l. Oh. We have considered these measures carefully in line with recommendations from professors at Lambridge University. Lambridge. <laughs> these new rules will apply not only to English but also to other languages spoken in this country, including Nerlish. Polish, Portuguese, and Italian. <laughs> I urge people to neep nam and nary on. Cauliflower cheese. I don't like to. It's too plain for my taste buds. To neep nam and nary on. Hello there, my lovely sand dollars. It's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm in cauliflower cheese, episode 212. How are you doing on this Sunday sermon edition of the podcast? It's marvelous to have you here. But today, I want you to take yourselves back to a time that you're on a beautiful beach. Maybe the, uh, maybe the tide is out at the moment and you're gently frolicking along without your shoes, without your sneakers, without flip-flops, and your toes are settling into the sand, the wet sand is seeping between your little tootsicles, and you're relaxed, and you're hearing the ocean cascade in the distance, and the beautiful smell of salty air, the cormorants, the pelicans, the screeching of the seabirds are overhead of you. And you're just walking along and every step you concentrate and let the sand trickle between your toes and the ocean rolling up back and forth across your feet, refreshing, idyllic, wondrous, a happy, relaxed time. We have no cares, no worries, nothing to concern you. We're taking you today, ladies and gentlemen, to the little-known Greek island of Panpipalopolis. Panpipalopolis is your perfect destination, where you'll never have to wear a shoe or a sock again, where your feet can just enjoy the elixir of the salt water, gently buffeting your toes, helping you out with those slightly misshapen troll's feet and the odd toe cuticle that may need to be brushed aside. This is where we're taking you today on a Sunday just before the Monday with all this bad news. Panpipalopolis is where you need to go and maybe as you walk along the beach you can see in the distance 
a bar, playing some very gentle music, maybe a Greek taverna. And you can smell the flaming cheese in the distance and uh, possibly a nice fruity cocktail. Pan Pipeopolis has tavernas everywhere. There's always a fruity cocktail within a stride's length. And this is what we're going to be doing to you and for you, the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese listener. As the summer begins to end, we're taking you back to your idyllic destinations. With apologies to Gerald Durrell. Let me just paint the picture for you. Gradually, the magic of the island settled over us as gently and clingingly as pollen. Each day had a tranquility, a timelessness about it, so that you wished it would never end. But then the dark skin of night would peel off. There would be a fresh day waiting for us, glossy and colourful as a child's transfer, and with the same tinge of unreality. Cup turns a suntan into a fun tan. Now there's a for everybody's body. You can choose anything from light, our non-greasy oil or lotion, to our rich, more protective sunscreens. So choose the you need to get the beautiful tan you want for the sunny side of your life. Panpipadopolis. Paradisiacal, rugged. The Greek islands continue to reign supreme as some of the most coveted holidaying spots in Europe. From Crete to Santorini to Pampipodopolis. Here are the most popular islands that Greece has to offer. And some of the most less popular and ones that you've never even heard of. It's lovely to be here for another podcast. Today we're going to keep you relaxed on the Butler Emporium musical edition where there's music interspersed with these rambunctious ramblings there'll be beautiful soft summer music to ease you to the end of the summer where you can just dip your toes in and just wash off the sand and wash off away your cares and worries as well as we enter another week towards the end of august some of the children are starting back to school again uh, and then some will be starting in the next couple of weeks here but let's enjoy the last vestiges of summer shall we on the podcast some of the topics we covered on friday's show uh, was uh, my concern that uh, we're giving away uh, instead of trotsky's trotsky's so little little elements of communism old and some new maybe chairman mao's little red book so instead of giving away pencils pens stickers stress balls spongebob stress balls square pants I've got a little corgi stress toy on my thing. And little snippets and snickets and things that you like to tap and poppets. But let's give away Trotsky's instead. We talked about Bob the homing pigeon who ended up in Alabama texting with a poopy finger. Even the crows are not eating McDonald's anymore. This is a sign of the apocalypse, we think. And we distorted and discovered the best dunking biscuits. Today, does apple cider vinegar get rid of warts? Have you ever tried Hung Fu? Uh, and also, uh, we mentioned about the, uh, the tea, the stolen tea, that ended up me being the thief. Can you talk about Kane's chicken for an hour? Have you tried castor oil packets? Why are all villains these days rodents? These are some of the things that are going to really relax you in your new 
beautiful beach wasteland that is Pampipanopolis. The other day, we saw trending George Harrison, uh, hashtag wank chat, and also a football stadium that named itself after a serial killer, the Rose West End. Have you tried the peanut butter cups that instead of peanut butter inside, baked beans? Why don't you give that a try today? We have the philosophical guy behind the counter at movie theatres talking about world hunger. The dog scared of remote controls, ostrich matting and hula skirts. Would Americans recognise Noddy Holder or Robert Plant if they were sitting in an audience? That was a dream that I had. We're going to try to pack some of these things in. Why not? And also, somebody decided not to put a sausage on a full English breakfast. And he was a former man of God. I want to give to you again the power of the apple cider vinegar. My daughter the other day had a little bit of wart, one of those carbuncles on her feet. And we decided over the course of two or three days, we'd try the apple cider vinegar therapy. The wart was reduced from being a full size down by a third each day. And finally, it disappeared. The mystical powers of the apple cider vinegar with the mother drink it rub it anywhere you like it'll cause you much relief from all of your pain and ponderances and ailments that afflict your everyday life welcome to pan Pipalopolis, your serene home whenever you're stressed or feeling a little bit withdrawn or pushed and pulled in every direction, why don't you just close your eyes and go to Pan Pipalopolis, the mystic stomping ground of Poseidon, and the home of the ancient Phaeacians burst forth from the place in the Ionian Sea in a medley of sandy stretches and pebbly coves, UNESCO-attested villages and chiseled cliffs, while the back country remains undeniably gorgeous. It's a human spot such is the Anglo-Castro Castle, the Viserno Monastery, and the Mandraki Marina that really leaves visitors gasping in disbelief. And if you want to get your anger out, why don't you try a new time of, type of martial art? Cockfighting, thankfully, has been banned. Well, I mean, I believe cockfighting goes on. There's a lot of sort of jousting and crossing of swords in all sorts of uh, rather disreputable and dubious areas. But if you want to try a new martial art and you've given up on the, uh, on the jousting, then why not try Hung Fu? One of your accompaniments on the beautiful, quiet tranquility of the beach in Pampipilopolis could be Kane's Chicken. Now I challenge you, I could wax lyrical about Kane's chicken fingers for about an hour. Beautifully moist chicken fingers. They have a good girth to them. And also the dipping sauce has a certain piquancy that is rather delightful. I highly recommend Kane's chicken, the best fast food out there. This isn't an advert, by the way. 
This is just a true belief. This comes from the heart. This comes, this is tugging. The, the, the beauty of the moist fried chicken is tugging at my heartstrings or maybe blocking my arteries, I don't know. But it's a perfect accompaniment to a trip to the beach. If you find your Panpipalopolis, then make sure you take Kane's chicken as well. Uh, give or take and leave the fries maybe, but the dipping sauce and the Kane's chicken will be as moist as the sand between your toes. I promise you. Question to you, the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese listener. I don't know if you've watched any cartoons recently, but why are all villains in recent cartoons rodents? You had recently in The Bad Guys, Professor Marmalade. And then you had Lulu, the hairless guinea pig that has a Brazilian, completely hairless. And she's in the new DC Pets movie as well. All of the villains in recent times have been rodents. And then you have, I noticed, close to me, you have the greedy hamster, a well-renowned, a very well-renowned restaurant. So we're going rodent crazy, hamster guinea pig crazy. You can get your fries served with some chipotle. You get the buffalo wrap. You get the greedy piggy. At the greedy hamster, you get the greedy piggy. And then you can have beautiful salads, dumplings, and overstuffed sandwiches. What else would you feed your greedy hamster? But there were days when the rodent wasn't a villain. But he was a hero. Roland Rat. Can you remember Roland Rat? Roland Rat living beneath King's Cross Station in the Rat Cave. Also, Batcavia under the Hollywood sign in Los Angeles. He has an infant brother called Little Reggie, has a relationship with a guinea pig called Glennis. His colleagues include the Dow Welsh Whizical and Technical Wiz, Errol the Hamster, and the over-enthusiastic self-appointed number one rat fan. Hello, rat fans. Hello, rat fans. That's how he used to speak. Kevin the gerbil, who leads, loves pink buckets. Roland's brash, confident personality also made it into a video game that I can remember as well for the Commodore and ZX Spectrum. The player had to guide Roland Rat through the sewers of London and collect nine pieces of a door, which he had to complete, would allow him to rescue with his companions. Roland had to avoid enemies in the form of animated Wellington boots, which could be temporarily incapacitated with a squirt of glue. Why were all video games in the 80s seemingly uh, like drug-induced acid house illusions? The 80s celebrated rodents that were heroes. You had a rat, a hamster, and a gerbil living together, trying to fight the crime. These are the sort of rodent heroes we would need on Pampipolopolis. Yes, fans, I'm back, leading the autumn programs on BBC Three with the most expensive series ever to come out of this bureaucratic dump. Roland Rat the series. Yeah, it's brilliant. You'd be a fool to miss it. Yeah. All the news coming out of the papers, uh, I think it was about a week ago, several days ago, was about Prince William, uh, a new Prince William affair. And uh, was it with uh, his old flame, apparently? But uh, Kate's not giving him what he needs. And I just want to put to rest here that posh boys 
don't necessarily like the pegging. Now, I have no, I had no clue what pegging meant. I, I thought it was the lost art of hanging one's wet cashmere sweater on the clothesline using pegs made by potential gypsies. Let's hope they were made by gypsies anyway. Um, that's what I thought pegging was, hanging things on an old, outdated Victorian clothesline. But no, it was much more than that. It made me think that a lot of these posh boys back in the day loved to go shooting and sitting on a shooting stick. Did, them, did this get them used to the sensation of pegging? Did it sitting on something hard for hours on end uh, whilst pulling one's gun out? I mean... Just hazarding a guess here more than anything else. And want to put to rest that not all posh boys like this type and form of entertainment. Really isn't my bag, baby. Even the hardest of thrones awaits the tenderest of bottoms. When a reporter arrived to cover an execution in Alabama, the last thing she expected to hear was her skirt was too short. Irina Shatara told by representative of the Alabama Department of Corrections that she was dressed in inappropriately tweeted afterwards, I've worn the skirt to prior executions without incident to work to professional events and more. I believe it is more than appropriate. At five foot seven and five foot five foot seven and five foot ten with heels on. I'm a tall, long legged person. I tried to pull my skirt to my hips to make the skirt a little longer, but apparently it was still not appropriate. She borrowed a pair of waders from a photographer. Who goes around carrying waders? Maybe that's an Alabama thing. You, you go around and, hey, you got your waders, boy? You got your waders? Going out there and going out there in the bay with the waders? Anyway, she put on an, uh, under a skirt and covered her legs. So she had rubber waders that must have been very, very sweaty. But she told that the open toe heels were also too revealing that she needed to change her shoes. Fortunately, she had a pair of tennis shoes in the car. Despite wearing a pair of waders from a man I never met and casual tennis shoes, I continued to do my job. This was an uncomfortable situation and I felt embarrassment. Yeah, there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of breeze blowing around a wader, is there? The community has come together to help the owners of a corner shop whose entire stock of chocolate has melted. Ellis Stalls and Scunthorpe lost about a thousand pounds worth of goods after its air conditioning failed to cope during the recent heat wave. An online appeal by Claire York, the daughter of the shop's owner, Stephen and Linda Ellis, have raised more than £450 to replace the lost sweets. Miss York said her parents were so grateful for the donations, my mum even cried. The couple had run the independent shop at Cottage Beck Road for more than 24 years. Miss York said due to the excesses and the rise in insurance premiums, not worth making a claim. My mother was literally ready to pack in, shut the door and leave it all behind. It's been a tough couple of years. One regular customer said the couple do a great job within the community. But then we go, you know, the science of chocolate making and melting. Chocolate expert Jenny Culver, course manager at Betty's Cookery School in Harrogate, said chocolate is very sensitive to temperature variations. From a scientific point of view, the crystals which make it perform as it does gets confused about what state they're in and becomes unstable. Miss Culver said premium chocolate was far more stable than our supermarket favorites due to its higher cocoa butter content. However, she said chocolate needs to be stored at room temperature away from the direct heat and sources of sunlight, and doing so risks its shelf life. 
So how can you, res can you reset or freeze a melted chocolate? It just wouldn't be the same, says Miss Culver. Much of the aroma and taste would be lost. In a really bad state, it can be crumbly. But what can you do in your chocolate in an emergency situation? Yes, we need emergency room guidance when our chocolate becomes too melty. Sit in the corner and suck it out of the packet or if it happens in the hot weather, add cream to make a lovely chocolate sauce to go over ice cream and a thicker version to dunk biscuits in. Oh, going back to the dunking again. Now I've received Cadbury's chocolate melted from my dearest mother and I just do put it in the freezer and it's pretty damn fine, I have to say, but I do not normally like it. I normally like it just a little bit on the melty side. Are you still in your perfect beach combing place? Remember, Pampipolopolis is a patchwork of crumbling ancient harbors and charming Venetian port towns laden with bubbling tavernas. The island has glorious olive groves, sun-kissed peaks and sheer-cut canyons, and there are beaches which are wild and rugged spots, such as Falasana in the west and the outwardly places such as Alfonisi on the Libyan Sea and the bustling and lively nearing the Heraclean and the party strips of Malaya. As you're sitting on the island of Pampipolopolis, what better to free and ease your body of all those nasty free radicals, ailments and complaints? You don't want to have a messy colonic. Why not try a castor oil pack? Castor oil was recommended by Edgar Case for treating many ailments that resist traditional therapies. It can be applied as a balm for skin problems, a soothing tonic for alleviating allergies, known as a castor oil pack, known as conventional medicine only as a strong laxative. This extract of the castor bean is a safe, gentle, easy to use remedy for virtually any illness. A castor oil pack is an external application of castor oil to the body. A piece of wool or cotton flannel is saturated with castor oil and applied to a specified area without heat. The case readings recommend castor oil packs in general to improve assimilations, eliminations and circulation, especially of the lymphatic system. In particular, to break up adhesions in the lacteal glands, although its therapy may seem unusual, it's one of the best documented. How to make the pack. Materials needed, castor oil, preferably cold pressed, unbleached wool or cotton flannel between three or four layers, about 12 to 14 inches each. A 13 gallon cat trash bag along with the edges that seal, thus giving you two identical rectangular pieces and a standard large electric heating pad or a hot water bottle. You've made the pack with the two rectangular pieces. Where you place it, the pack's placement depends on the issue being addressed. It should be placed over the lever on the right side, extending top to bottom from the stern and breastbone to four inches below the navel or groin or pubic bone from left to right. It extends at least from the navel around the body as far as it will go, covering as much of the right side as possible. I think if I made these castor oil packs for my girthy waist, we could have a real problem <laughs> with a shortage of castor oil over the next couple of years and we don't need any more supply demand issues your rather rotund butler wearing a castor oil back and everybody else running out 
of the said oil. Using the pack, if possible, use the pack in the evening when it's best able to rest. This is an ideal time to pray, meditate, read spiritual uplifting material. My worry that if you start using the castor oil pack, if you're out and about and there's no means of getting to the bathroom, you're going to have to pray nothing else is passed. Decide in your home where you'll be doing the pack. Set it up so you'll be comfortable with a pillow under your head and another under your knees. It's perfect on the beach in Pampipolopolis. Maybe gently make a, a small sandcastle to rest your head on and use the castor oil pack as the waves oscillate and circulate round your toes. Oil always drips in the pack so it's important to protect. This is why you need to do it on the beach. There's no spillage on the beach in Pampipolopolis. The most controversial Twitter statement of the week was the delightful Reverend Richard Coles. And he said, I know I'm asking for it, but I don't really want a sausage in a full English breakfast. Now, this is anathema. You're handing in your British card at the embassy and never giving it back by stating this, Richard. These are some of the replies. I'll have you your sausage. If you have my beans, they don't belong there. What about a square sausage essential for a full Scottish breakfast? And Richard doesn't like that. I'm afraid not double haggis though by Cockburns of Dingwall, please. You'll be deported by Britain on 9am the morning of the Order of the League of the British Greasy Spoon. You will be given a continental breakfast for the journey. Richard says, I shall be a croissant the channel with my head held high. Oh, I must disagree with Richard. The sausage is the most welcome at any time of day. Madam, I'd be biased to keep that sort of thing daintily to yourself. I'll swap your sausage for the massive unnecessary flat mushroom. How about a haggis on a full Scottish? Blocked and reported, Sir Richard. One asked if it was his new chat-up line, no sausage on the full English. How do you separate the egg from the beans? That's a real problem. The sausage is a breaker. It's a dam. It's something that an otter would even be proud of. The breaker sausage, keeping the beans inside their burgeoning pond of tomato gooiness. And then one tweeter said, all right, enough of this. He wants to give his list of the full English contents. Full English, sausage, bacon streaky, black pudding, fried egg, fried tomatoes, baked beans, hash browns, toast and tea, permitted additions, fried bread, butter mushrooms, unacceptable, tin tomatoes, large flat mushrooms. Shoida! And people started getting very upset about the additions, hash browns. Hash browns are an invasive American thing. There's no place on a full English breakfast, the breakfast equivalent of the Grey Squirrel. I do love a philosophical Gen Zer. When I was at the movie theater the other day with my daughters, I happened to hear two youngsters, probably in their early 20s, sitting on a lunch break, and they were talking and expounding the issues and the sadness of world hunger whilst eating a shit ton of nachos. As long as you can bemoan the rise of inflation as fake nacho cheese drips down your chins. New study from Australian University could have huge implications for male contraceptive pill. 
That's right, the days of women bearing the burden of contraception could soon be gone or at least be a bit more balanced out. The new study from Monash University in Parkville, Australia, discovered a natural ingredient that could hinder sperm movement and you'll never guess what it is. We're going to take a stab in the dark and say that you probably didn't have stinging nettle on the bingo cards. Well, the, the whole thing is, if you're going to wrap uh, stinging nettles around the old boy to stimulate something, then make sure that there's a dock leaf nearby. Because if there's anything stinging, if you ever go on a walk and you get stung, then there's always something to rub on the sting. So, you know, make sure if you are wrapping stinging nettles around the crown jewels, you have a good, very large dock leaf to rub on the stung area. So the stinging nettle. It's a pretty weird bingo card to have in the first place. But according to researchers from the Monash University, it works. Well, it does in rats anyway. So stinging nettles on the rat's penis is effective, apparently. The study was led by Sab Ventura, published by PLOS One Journal, finding in mouse mating studies, stinging nettles, leaf extract, 50 milligrams, reduced male fertility by 53% compared to the vehicle-treated male mice. According to the study, the aim was to find a natural alternative to hormonal birth control. And it seems like the pesky plant makes your skin itch and could also be the solution. We'd like to note that the sting nettle would have to be taken as part of a pill not used externally. There's a long way to go before the stinging nettle could be part of a male contraceptive plan. Once isolated and identified, this may have potential as a drug-like lead compound that enables the synthesis of an orally active potent small molecule compound. What's next? You have the stinging nettle as part of a contraception. How about sitting on a bed of roses? I mean, a small prick could help as well, I suppose heard the title of the new Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Fat Blocking Code, written on thousands of scrolls that tell you to drink this bottle for eternal fat blocking. As you're on the beach in Pan Piperopolis, what ice cream flavor are you based on your zodiac sign? In celebration of the darkness banishing peace bearing chin staining glory of ice cream, we're matching flavors to each of the Zodiac sign. In 1984, the President of the United States decreed July National Ice Cream Month and National Ice Cream Days. But here are the ice creams best suited to your Zodiac sign. Apparently for myself, Aries is cookies and cream. Aries fights to be first and go to battle over the most noble or utterly inane causes. Likewise, cookies and creams is a flavor and broad in controversy and claims the first right South Dakota State University maintains they invented the flavor in 1979. Eddie's professional ice cream tester, John Harrison, claims to have conceived the combo in 1982 and Bluebell boldly states on its website they were the first to create this innovative flavor. Sounds like too many dicks on the dance floor and spoons in the bowl in terms of legitimately being the first and blending the fire signs ice cream. Aries goes back to the OG days of the dessert when rich Romans would eat honey-covered ice sauced from Vesuvius' volcano. Okay, so my father, Taurus, butter pecan. Butter, did I say pecan? Ah! Yes, no, pecan. I can't believe I said pecan. I'm losing all my Britishness, people. 
Taurus rules the second house of values and possessions and bulls are notoriously weak for rich things, not at least for all foods that give them gout and partners that can provide financial stability. Suitably, the pecan or pecan is among the most densely caloric and highly fattening of all nuts and butter. It's devoted to decadence, the source and chorus of Taurus is more and butter pecan 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 ice cream is more than just that gemini my sister gemini's are terminally indecisive more than a little nutty and so uh, statistically speaking pretty into threesomes <laughs> okay i don't really want to think about that with my sister making this trifecta of pistachio cherry and chocolate studded with nuts and uh, fruits utterly apt for this sign let's cross to my lovely daughter, Victoria. Strawberry for Virgos. It's a surprise to absolutely no one. Alfred Crail, who invented the ice cream scoop and thereby improved with clean efficiency the daily lives of his fellow men, was a Virgo. Prudish, puritanical, or plain punishing when it comes to their food habits. Virgos, and my mother as well, most akin to strawberry ice cream. His flavor is just healthy enough to be admitted into the temple of their bodies. Libra for Catherine. Vanilla. Popular, people-pleasing, foundational if not fun, and unlikely to start a war or trigger allergic reaction. Libra is the vanilla ice cream of the Zodiac, the hummus of the potluck party, the Sabero outback of the parking lot. The Libra is a sign of partnership, and vanilla was a sidekick to chocolate for centuries, and it went solo in French in France in the 1700s. Things really took off from there. Likewise, Libras hit their stride and able to strike out on their own and break free of their need to be all things to all people. And my love, Sagittarius, is the pistachio ice cream. According to biblical law, Adam, the original Old Testament thrill-seek, and probably Sagittarius planted pistachios in the Garden of Eden. From there, the nut, which is in fact a seed, went way throughout Asia Minor into the fast lane of bartering trade in the Silk Road. Pistachios and Sagittarians alike are well-traveled and flourish in desert environs. Case in point, the Lizard King himself, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Morrison. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, planet of luck, and it takes the sound of pistachios' shells cracking like the sound of an anchor laughing at its own jokes is considered a good omen to people the world over. Pan Piperopolis. Tiny Simi is just a ping prick on the map of the Greek Aegean, and yet it is hailed as one of the most beautiful islands around them. So you bask on Pan Piperopolis. The Pièce de Résistance is a kaleidoscopically colourful harbour of Simi and Anno Simi towns, which glows in ice cream hues of yellow, pink, blue, and ochre. Below the Aegean sun, and between walls of dusty, untouched coastal mountains. Of course, there's plenty of hidden beaches where the aromas of fresh shrimp dishes from nearby tavernas twist through the cypress groves and light breezes roll in from Turkey to the east. Mexico City, before her death, 99-year-old Katrina Aldona Perez had one final wish, a giant statue of a penis on top of her grave. Her family unveiled the completed monument of five and a half foot tall cock and balls weighing 600 pounds mounted 
on her tomb at the cemetery in Mexico in recognition of her love and joy of life. She wanted to bring the paradigm of everything Mexican, where things are sometimes hidden, but is not having an open mind. She was also very avant-garde, forward-thinking about many things. She always said in the Mexican sense that we're all vergas. In Mexican slang, Dimanga's verga, perhaps best translated in English as penis. Dona Cutter often used it in a sort of colloquial pride when referring to members of the family as vergas, according to her grandson. She had integrity, courage, passion, and at the same time, love and joy. Mr. Motelemont told him several times that it was serious about the request to build this phallic object. The designer, Lavonet, got to work. It took nearly a month and a team of 12 people, including a carpenter, a sander, a sculptor, and a carver to build the statue. They got particularly delayed on the ball sack when the first attempt was disfigured and had to start the whole process again, melting materials to give it the necessary amplitude so that the testicles could be formed. The Chinese food blogger is under police investigation after she filmed cooking and eating a great white shark. In the case that had raised concerns over a black market for consumer protected species, a young woman known as Dizi has more than 7.8 million followers on Douyin a Chinese streaming channel, is seen video collecting a two-meter shark at a seafood shop in the southwest city of Nanchong and unwrapping it, drawing curious crowd. It may look vicious, but its meat is super tender. A watermark on a video claimed the creature was edible and bred in captivity, but social media users have questioned this because great white sharks typically mate in the wild and take several decades to reach maturity. TZ half the shark, barbecued the shark, boiled its head in a spicy broth. The video drew strong criticisms from online viewers. Police said the blogger did not buy the fish from the local shop but acquired it online from a source in the southeastern coastal region of Fujian. The great white shark is considered a vulnerable species for international union of conservation of nature. It cannot be excluded that there is a black market selling these animals online. One user says she literally eats everything to grab eyeballs. I was horrified when her eating a crocodile tail once. Thank you for joining me on the absolutely lovely tranquility of the island of Panpipadopolis, my happy place where sand goes absolutely everywhere and you just don't give a damn. It's so relaxing out here. Hope you get to visit it again soon. But if you like the podcast, keep calm and cauliflower cheese, like and subscribe on all of the platforms. Apple Podcasts is a favorite. Spotify is an audio version. Slacker Breaker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. But if you want to relax between my nonsense monologues and complete and utter ridiculous utterings, then you can listen on the Butler Emporium musical edition where there is music such as Shakira, there's some Peter Gabriel, Paul McCartney pans Pipes of Peace, some Mika Sanarimo, 808 State, if you want to dip your toes into the Pacific. How about you want to be king for the day, hit on that, sit on that hard throne that Prince William will occupy one day. And he's probably looking to the Looking forward to that cold, hard, frosty stone throne that may act as a little bit of relief for his posterior. 1975, Chris Rea, Pina Colada song, Rupert Holmes, The Pursuit of Happiness. 
We also have some Pointer Sisters. We have some Yacht Rock, some Style Cancer, some Tam and Parlor, some Keep On Jumping, the Lisa Marie experience. So lots to get you out, to relax you, to get, give you bundles of joy as you find your own Greek island. If you don't like the panpipes playing constantly on Panpipeopolis, because they, they are, and it's relaxing. But for some, it's an earworm. For others, it's an ear blockage or a carbuncle in the air. Coming up next, though, we have a poem. This is Greek Islands, breathtaking and magical, classic and old-fashioned, with miniature style houses built on the top of hills, painted with lovely colours, looking to the sea, calm and blue, covered by the blue sky, with the golden sun, warm and gentle, night skies full of stars, shining bright, you can reach them, you can talk to them. Everywhere you walk, you see the signs of ancient Greek democracy, philosophy, which try hard to discover what life is about. They want to visit the magical Greek islands, their blue sea and golden sun. We have constant news hounds bringing in news stories. This one, alas, is a little bit too late for this week's podcast. But coming up next week, Casper is hiring professional nappers with exceptional sleeping ability. I hope you have a lovely week. It's a little bit cooler. We're about to have a fearsome storm that's brewing at the moment, including maybe some flooding. So I may need the galoshes, uh, possibly the Wellington boots. But thank you for listening. It's Chappy out. And I'll see you again next week. And please remember that Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese is a pegging free zone. Cauliflower cheese.